Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we talk about aliens, Roger Daltrey, and files. I don't waste one minute. Let's get right into it. We're back. Hi. We're back and we're better than ever, is how I feel. Let me just say, uh, I think on the last podcast, I have a lot of video game thoughts, which I always do, because that's sort of, you know, where I'm at mentally and physically. Um, On the last podcast, I was like, I think we were like, fuck Deathloop. That game seems stupid. And Mm -hmm. that's for losers. And, and then I'll, I admitted that I was wrong. And I'll buy and we'll buy it on sale. I I then I started seeing the reviews and people were like, this game's really good. Anyhow, I bought it. I bought it for the PC. And uh, but I have an interesting and I have to say, if you're a fan of like Bioshock, I feel that I feel that Deathloop is very Bioshocky. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it is. It definitely is. The like powers and stuff, yeah. Uh, just the whole, but the whole vibe of it, I know it's an arcane, it's arcane or whatever they're called. And it's, they did all the, um, they do the dishonored games, which mm-hmm. the first one's really good. I don't, I started the second one and never finish it. I think it was like, whatever, I don't care. Um, the first one's very, very good. Uh, but anyhow, so I, so I bought it and I started playing it and I have to say it's, it's a very good, very interesting game and it's fun. It did crash. I haven't had a game. I haven't had like a proper AAA title crash outright on me for. The PC version has some bugs and I feel it's much better to play on PC. Like the game is definitely built for you to be playing it on the PC, but it's buggy as heck. And they put out an update, which should help smooth out some of the stuttering, but I've had. Oh, they did. Okay. Okay, good. Hold on. I get it. I hate to interrupt in the middle of this, but I have to pour myself some more tea. I made a pot okay. of tea, and if I don't fill up this glass here, I'm going to be very upset. Hold on one second. Well, I'm going to go to the fridge and get my Starbucks from earlier. I mean, you can one do second. whatever you want. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. I'm telling you where I'm at mentally. You can leave this in. Maybe Tony would like this little behind-the-scenes look at how it, how it, how the sausage is made. You know? <clears throat> You're gone now. I'm talking to myself. Sounded like I didn't hear you because uh, I heard a little bit of like you were going to the fridge or something. Yeah, I'm back. Okay, I was saying Tony might like this behind the scenes look. This is like <laughs> at the end of the. It's like at the end of the hills when the background falls down or whatever, and they like pull the lights back and like you know the producer comes over and like gives them some notes on the scene. Except we're sort of in your garage office in my one bedroom apartment, and that's a lot less cool. <laughs> I mean, that's like to me that is. East Coast Hills, East Coast location locales. It's true. The pandemic, city. pandemic hills. Yeah, the city, pandemic time, pandemic city, USA population too. Anyhow, getting back on topic. So Deathloop, I was like, this game's stupid and it's for losers, and it looks like Austin Powers or something. And there is like an Austin Powers edge to some of it, but yeah, there is. I've only played it for a few hours, but I enjoyed it. But it crashed out on me. Uh, the first time I played it, I was like getting really into it. I was like two hours in, I was in the first mission and exploring and experimenting and just seeing what was going on. And then just full on crash. Like the game has exited and I'm done now. Uh, and that was very upsetting and annoying and alarming. But, uh, but then also the same night, 
I believe the same night, I decided to write at the end of the night or like maybe the next day, I bought Eastward for my Switch. Because um, mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's available for PC and Switch. I believe those are the only platforms it's on right now, which is that correct or incorrect? Yeah, that is 100% correct. Yeah. And I was like, well, I bought Deathloop on my PC. Eastward seems like a game. It looks a little bit more casual, a little bit less, obviously less uh, CPU intensive and GPU intensive. And I thought, this looks like the kind of game I might like to play uh, not in the living room. Like I could maybe play it in bed or whatever. So I bought Eastward on my Switch. and But funnily enough, I've been playing it on my television. Uh, but let me say this. I have, I've basically, I played Deathloop for a few hours. I played it the next day. I like picked my game back up. I went through like the second mission or whatever. I haven't picked it back up. I am like very, very into Eastward. Like as a conceptually and also actually as a game. And I do not, that is not really the kind of game I typically play. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say it's story-driven, but it's kind of like an RPG. Like, I don't really even know how to describe the game. I'd say it's a cross between, like, I'm trying to think of what it's a cross. It's like a cross between, like, a Zelda game and Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, it, fun. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's like, I okay, like, I think what I, maybe, I haven't read that many reviews. I haven't really read any reviews. But but what I have, it's very, it, there's parts of it that are very reminiscent of Zombies Ate My Neighbors in that it is like a top down, very like cartoonish, it's a beautifully drawn and beautifully animated uh, game, but it's also an RPG, but it's not like a traditional, it has elements of other RPGs, but it's not really like super and then there's a game within a game that's really cool it's like an nes game inside the game and it's a super i have to say i am i am enjoying it immensely it's super interesting the story is very very interesting and good and i don't know what i'm getting into like i don't know how far into it i am i don't i've played for several hours now uh but i have to i cannot recommend it strongly enough apparently it was it was made by like three people total uh, I mean, I don't know if that's actually just like their marketing stuff or like if it's if it's I true. It. I mean, Toby Fox is also a one man team. Oh, well, I mean, it's if it's actually three people, the the quality here is like it's really um, it's very impressive. And the music is great. Uh, the setting is super interesting. It. It has a lot of, I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, the writing is excellent. The, um, the, uh, I'm now looking because I guess it's got like, oh, some people are kind of like giving it bad reviews. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't played it maybe all the way through. I haven't played it enough to say, um, you know, if it's a perfect game or anything, but it's very entertaining. It's very good. Uh, I will say, I will say, but nobody, as far as I know, has made the comparison to Zombies Ate My Neighbors, and it's all I can think about. It's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, I believe. Yeah, you know I love zombies. I I believe. I think it was originally released for the SNES. I want to say like that was the I platform. It was Genesis first. No, uh, it was it was released at the same time for NES and and, oh, okay. and Mega Drive Genesis. Uh, but I played it on, I believe, on my SNES, as some people incorrectly call it. Um, and uh, 
and this game is sort of reminiscent. It's got like a similar art style and it is, is the same sort of top down perspective. And it is a lot of like, you're kind of like going, exploring these areas, uh, fighting like little monsters and stuff or even big monsters sometimes, but it's a, it's Lady Gaga fans. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> fight, just fighting off rabid Lady Gaga fans. All these gay uh, teenagers. <laughs> Actually, the game is you just are are just fighting gay people throughout the entire just game. Just hate very, crimes. You know, very unusual, but but highly enjoyable. Weirdly, no. Um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, but it's so it's a super fun game, and uh, I don't know, just like the attention to detail is really great, and the music is wonderful, and uh, I I don't know, I just think it's interesting because I Deathloop, I I started playing it, I was like, this game is like I'm really really into this. And now I'm going to play this and finish it. And I, I kind of like have lost, not lost interest, but I'm more interested in Eastward as a, as a concept. It is very funny that you say that because I played Deathloop for two days straight. Like John was like, can we watch TV? And I was like, sorry, can't playing my game. <laughs> like obsessed. And then mm. I put it down to do other games that I needed to do for work and haven't picked it back up a ton. Yeah. I picked yeah. it up for a couple hours at a time, but I feel like it's definitely a game that you need to like get sucked, sucked in. It's not a casual How- like... Yeah, how far into it are you? I have killed a few of the um, visionaries, but I oh, I haven't even well. gotten to that. I haven't even. I mean, oh, I don't right. think so. I've been I've been killing people, but I don't know who they are or why. I mean, I'm just yeah. It is you know. a little directionless where you're like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing next. Yeah, I and mean, there's a lot of information to piece together. I mean, there's yeah, it's, a it's, lot it's going clearly, on in the story. It's clearly there's yes, and I think that to your point, one of the things that is probably inhibiting more sort of obsessive gaming on it at least this is how i feel is there they're kind of like there is a there seems to be a very big story you seem to be embroiled in some kind of like epic you know universal level kind of like thing happening and they have all of these little pieces of information that are you're kind of breadcrumbs leading you to like the story but it doesn't really hit you with I mean in some ways it's kind of like the way I felt about cyberpunk at the beginning although I eventually did get kind of hooked on some parts of that story but it it was really like it took a while before I was like what am I do like what am I doing here like what is it it wasn't even like tutorial level it's more like okay you've dropped me into this world I <clears throat> have some vague sense of motivation though I don't know what it is I feel like the game is the game is fucking with me in the sense that I think it's going to like pull the rug out from under me in some way that honestly is a little bit obvious, like a little bit feels a little bit like you learned a lot of stuff from the Bioshock series and you learned a lot of stuff from, you know, whatever the games that are like, they kind of flip it, you know, they're like, oh, you yeah. thought you were doing this, but you're actually doing that. Um, Guess what? It's the opposite. I feel like, the, I feel like, listen, spoiler alert, if you haven't played the game, but you're the, prota- the pr- protagonist in the game. Uh, you're this guy, Cole. And like you're kind of airdropped into it and it's like you have to – you're in this like weird – you're on this weird island that is looping the same day. And if you die, you just come back the next day and like everybody here is caught in the loop and like you've got to break the loop. And like that's your – Everybody everybody on the island besides a handful of people thinks that it's the first day of the loop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I haven't haven't gotten into that story but I clearly haven't gotten all the way in there. But – so you're like this guy and you're like the rebel. That's the way it feels. Like you're like, okay, I'm 
I'm on my own and I've got to like stop this crazy experiment or whatever. I think what's probably going to happen is it's going to be like, this is your experiment, Cole. You created this. Like, this is your idea because like oh, that's, that's revealed. Like, oh, is here. it? Okay. All right. All right. Well, see, you're there like you go. You're like an hour in then because it gets revealed. No, very I'm like, early on. I'm very early but and I I've spent a lot of time exploring. So I haven't done like, I haven't, I haven't gone like hyper fast through the story. So yeah, I'm in the second, I've gotten to the place where I'm at the, Here's where I'm at in the game. I've gone through the control center level and I'm at the third thing now or whatever, where it's like you go, first you go explore up dam, up dam, which is this town. Then you go to like this control center where the loop is being controlled or whatever. And then there's a third, and I'm on the third thing. I don't know what it is. It's like you gotta find Every time something. I hear up dom, I think, what's up dom? Yeah, it's like, I'm I don't sure know, that, Dom, what's up with you? <laughs> I, I'm sure that's where the, I'm sure that's where it comes from. But at any rate, so yeah, I don't know, but it feels like that's the kind of, that's the kind of game it is where it's like, it's going to flip it on you and then you're going to be like, what? And then you're like an antihero or whatever and whatever. Anyhow. I think I, I have not finished the game, so this is not a spoiler. Yeah, don't don't guess, spoil it for me. My guess is that the rest of the world is in some kind of nuclear apocalypse, and this is the only way to Yeah, I, I in one of the trailers, they're like, you don't know what's out there. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see. It's like they're doing this because it's like, you know, the aliens invaded and destroyed the planet, and this is the day before the alien invasion or something, which is, uh, you know, yeah. kind of a cool idea. It's I hope it's cool aliens. Idea. I hope it's aliens and not just, like, general apocalypse. Like, yeah. I'm so tired. Nobody ever goes to aliens. You know, it used to be all the time it was aliens. What's now, funny is that th people are trying for things that are more plausible, and yet every day that they release more info about you. No, I know, I know. Aliens are looking a lot more plausible. No, people were like, it used to be in film and TV. You know, the aliens were behind it, and now people are like, aliens are dumb. That's lame. Let's make it like climate change, or you know, we did a nuclear war, or a uh, you know, we were, uh, unleashed a super bug or whatever, you know, and it's like, I'm, I think it would be cooler if the thing was aliens did it, you know, like aliens are behind it. Aliens attacked, aliens destroyed the world. We just don't, uh, can we go somewhere else? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, can we try some, go or go back? The thing is, I'm already living through a climate apocalypse in a pandemic. I'm kind of cool if we do something more no, fun. No, we had it. We're in it. Yeah. Like we're in. We're in the thing now at the end of the movie. We we are living the end of the movie. Can you give us something just a little bit more enjoyable to experience from a from a storytelling perspective? Now, I don't know. Listen, Manifest, the TV show, uh, which, of course, you know, as you know, I was a big Manifest. You were the one Manifest head. I was – no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to admit it. <laughs> but I was the first person ever in the fucking world to be like, everybody should be watching Manifest – on NBC, a show about a plane that disappeared and then returned five years later. And uh, the people on the plane hadn't aged, but everybody else had. Anyhow, the show was uh, like, honestly, terrible. I mean, just one of the worst, dumbest shows ever. But it was like one of those shows that's like, I got to find out what the fucking twist is. You know, it wasn't like Lost where Lost had at least the first season was very like, you're like, oh, this is an interesting show full of like good actors and, and some intriguing ideas. And it's, the mystery is truly seems like, I, I don't know the answer. There's so many ways this could go. Manifest is like, oh, you guys watched Lost and made a show like with a quarter of the budget, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and I don't know. I think the, I think oh, it's- Oh, cool, you're a cover band. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of, they're like, well, they didn't crash land on an island. The island crash landed on them. No, it's something like um, 
No, it's something like, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's like either a government experiment or it might be aliens. I so I so I watched the first season of Manifest, and as everybody knows, I was a big uh, is there a name for people who are fans of Manifest? I was Manifest a sta- I was a big Stanifest. That's a sta- <laughs> it's a manifest manifest stan, okay? Uh, I was a member of the Stanifest crew. And um and then and then I <clears throat> and then I watched like an episode of season two or maybe two episodes, and it was so bad and it had been so long since i'd seen it i was like uh not only because you know it's like one of those situations where maybe we'd run out of things to watch and it also every so often i'll see a commercial for something on tv i mean this happens very rarely now because i don't watch tv but i it used to be that i would see a uh, they would like be advertising a show and i would just for whatever i for whatever reason i'd get the idea that i was going to be really into that show like I'm like this is and when they're making uh, a conscious choice. Like like I'm like that's going to be my thing is I'm going to be into I'm going to be the manifest guy. You know? And I definitely saw yeah. commercials for it. I'm like this seems so absurd and kind of bad. I'm going to like I'm like it's sort of like how I started my Tom Cruise interest and obsession was originally I was sort of jokingly telling people that Tom Cruise was my favorite actor. And then, you know, I felt like I need to explore his his work Over. more, you know, yeah, more deeply. And then, oh, you know, in exploring his work, uh, I realized I actually did love Tom Cruise as an actor. And, uh, and I was, he was my favorite actor. But, um, but anyhow, there's a reason he's the main character of Hollywood. And a he's so good. Is that he's so he's good. Incredibly charming. I don't even care what Tom Cruise does or who he does it to. I'll be honest with you. He could do whatever he wants to whoever he wants, whatever Josh, he we wants. Know. As we far know. as I'm concerned. <laughs> Tom Cruise gets a pass. Full it's stop. It's like, um, I was watching the American Crime Story impeachment because, of course, I'm a huge Monica Lewinsky head. And I, it's great. Beanie Feldstein, my God. Oh, my God. Colby Smulders, transcendent. Billy Eichner, man, does not seem like Billy at all. Uh, yeah. They're all transformed. Is Very Tom good. Cruise at that? Well, I was going to say, Tom Cruise oh. is not in it, but Clive Owen playing Bill Clinton. Oh, no. I, you I like it? get it. I, I don't like it. I kind of get it. Look, Tom Cruise. Him, he's like, he's like no. staring he's no, at her with his full intensity. Yeah, he's no he's Tom like, Cruise, though. Like, Clive Owen is like, great in um, The Nick, actually. <clears throat> if you haven't watched yeah, The was, Nick, was good very, it. very good show, which they're apparently bringing back for a third season. Look, Tom Cruise can say the N-word, all right? I'm, that's, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say that. I mean, I can't sign off on that, but I think- if there was a committee put together, I think we'd all agree. Maybe he gets a pass. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think so. At this any rate, this does not represent the views and opinions. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the. I'm try, I was trying to think of like what's the worst possible thing I can think of Tom Cruise doing. And there's Tom a lot Cruise of bad. Can say, Tom Cruise can say faggot. I'll give him no. That. Yeah, well, he, he can. He probably I've decided. He, he probably does. And he probably can. And all sorts of. Anyhow, <laughs> this is great. Leave this though. I want people to hear. I want people to hear how dark, how dark it gets on the podcast. <laughs> Normally that'd be edited out, but Ryan's leaving it this time. No, I'm leaving um, it in. You're leaving it in because I want Tom. I hope Tom hears this and knows that I'm giving him the thumbs up at all times. <laughs> Just twenty four seven thumbs up. Twenty four seven thumbs up to Tom Cruise. Anything you want to do, bud. Anything you want to do, buddy. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow. But this is sort of how I man. Getting back to manifest is sort of how my manifest interest began. It was like. I was like manifest. That's that's the show for me. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a manifest guy. And then I so I watched the first season. And then I watched and I told my dad. I watched one episode with my dad. He's like, "This is stupid. This is crazy." But he, you could tell he wanted to watch the next episode. Like he hated it just the way I was. Like this is so dumb and bad. 
I actually think I have inherited this from my father that I like to watch things that sometimes, not always, but I do enjoy watching things that are bad. Uh, mm. Like my father, I'll never forget when I was younger, maybe when Laura and I, about the time that we started dating, we, I was in Pittsburgh. I think we were like, I was hanging out with Laura, maybe with her brother, John as well. And we got home, like I was staying at my parents' house and we got back from doing something kind of late. It was like one in the morning or midnight or something. And my dad was up and he was watching a movie called Dot Com for Murder. Okay. And it's a, it's a real movie. Look it up. In fact, I'm going to. Dot Com Dot Com for, I can't believe, have we never talked about this? Why wouldn't you call it Murder.com? It's dot com for murder. Dot com for murder. Is it 2001? Wait, it, like, it stars. Dot com I mean, I mean, this, this cast is first off, the cast is fucking insane. First off, the, the name of the movie on its own is just like, I can't believe it exists, but it does. And then it stars Natasha Kinski, Nicolette Sheridan, Roger Daltrey from The Who, and, and Huey Lewis. Okay. What? Yeah. Okay. Now, now. So, so here's the deal. Here's the crazy thing. So, so we arrive home. Like I come in, I'm like, Hey, you guys want to come in for a few minutes? Like maybe like, like maybe we were going to eat some food or something, you know, like raid the, raid the refrigerator. I don't know. And, um, and this is, again, I'm not, I'm an adult. Okay. I'm a grown man. I'm visiting my parents for whatever reason. I can't remember. It's a holiday or something. And, uh, and my dad's there and he's, he's just, he's, the credits are rolling on a film that he's just finished. Okay. And he has just finished a film called Dot Com for Murder. And he's like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so bad. He's like, you've got to watch it. And he re- and we started, it was like available on demand. And then we were like, okay. And we started the movie from the beginning. And my dad sat there and watched it for a second time. Back-to-back viewings of Dot Com for Murder. And I have to say, it is a fucking terrible movie. It is so, but you know, now I don't know. I kind of want to go back. I'm looking at the cover art for the DVD, which looks so like it was like somebody's like Photoshop, like they were taking a Photoshop class, like a, uh, you know, continued learning, uh, whatever they call it. Like when the adults just take classes cause they want to learn something. Learning annex. Yeah. Learning annex, whatever they're like, this will be our first Photoshop project is we're designing the cover for com <laughs> for murder. And that's what it looks like <laughs> anyhow. But so I think in some, so we watch it and it is very bad. Um, but I think, and I don't remember the plot, but it involves like a house that's like the house is like connected to the internet and it can kill. And like, and like the, Wait, maybe the movie smart house. No, it's Disney like, Channel? yeah, it's like the, I want to say the house is, you know, I don't know, being used to kill people like maybe because it's like a smart home that's connected mm-hmm. to the internet. I, I don't remember the plot, but I'm not going to read it because I don't want to, I don't want to get it spoiled. I want to watch it again fresh, but, um. <laughs> But I do think I've inherited a little bit from my dad this tendency to to kind of like enjoy bad things, you know. And yeah, I think that I, I think our parents definitely shape that stuff. Hmm. Well, I think it I think it taught me to appreciate that within that within bad things, like things that are considered, you know, not good. I think, and this is true of a lot of popular culture now. I mean, John Carpenter, you know, my favorite director. Um, his films were not considered good movies, you know? And, and to this day, they're not considered good films. They're not considered like high art. They're not, uh, you know, they're not Moonlight, 
You know, they're not like important films. I mean, they're not to most people. To me, they are. But or they're also struck, frankly. No, they're <laughs> none of the moon films. None of them. Uh, but uh, not they're not moon. Uh, the film starring uh, I want to say Kevin Spacey as a robot in that movie, which I think is true. Definitely not man in the no, moon. No, not man on the moon. <laughs> Not the uh, whatever the moon movie is from Annie 2014, which is like I don't know if people know this or not, but they remade Annie in 2014, and uh, part of the plot of Annie 2014, which is what we call it here, because we have to differentiate for Zelda because she likes the Annies from all of the eras. There's a Annie 1982, Annie 1998, and Annie 2014. 1998 is Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan, if you're yes, interested. I yeah. know that one the best and, because Rob yeah. Marshall directed it. Yes, Rob Marshall directed it, which may have been his first film that he directed, I think actually. It was. And uh, Rob Marshall, who is from Pittsburgh, by the way. Uh Love fun, Rob fun fact about Rob Marshall. Uh does a lot of he's done a lot of musicals. And um yeah. but anyhow, getting back on on this topic. But but John Carpenter's films. Oh, sorry, sorry, wait, Annie 2014. So I, let me just make this quick point. I know that I'm digressing in many directions at this point but i believe tony can keep up uh one of the major uh sort of background plots sort of in the film annie 2014 is that there is a twilight like movie within the movie oh, that's right called uh moon lake or something and and it's about aliens bringing it back to the alien theme it's about like people from the moon be forming like getting into relationships with people who are like lake creatures maybe like mer people it's like moon yeah. people and mer people who fuck it's like wait okay what was that movie what was that guillermo del toro movie oh uh, uh the shape of water which i haven't seen yeah it's like the shape of water mixed with twilight hold on i'm gonna, I'm gonna just i want to go because um so because i want to talk about this for a second because it's actually one of the brilliant things about this film is that uh there is um so there, so there's a movie within the movie, and it's called it's called Moonquake Lake. Sorry, is the name of the film, and they go to a premiere because in the original Annie they go to see a movie. Of course, they had to like, you know, like coke it up for this film, but you know, because like Annie 2014 is like all of the Annie things on steroids. But uh, so anyhow, Moonquake Lake they go to the premiere, and like the film has a bunch of famous people in it like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher are in it Rihanna is in it uh and then but also and I know this better than anything there's a fucking Moonquake Lake song on the soundtrack for Annie 2014 and it is like really fucking catchy and it is it is a duet it is Rihanna no it's either I think it's Sia and Beck duetting okay I just want you to put this all. Are you putting all this together? Finally, okay. I have to say, finally. I mean, you've been, we've been waiting for. It. I think it's Sia, but you know the thing is, Sia like kind of sounds like she's ripping off Rihanna. So I'm like, is, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, am I crazy or yeah. does Sia sound like she's doing like a Rihanna impersonation well, when okay, she's saying? Or is it a lot of Rihanna music? And right. Then when Sia started coming out with her own music, she copied Rihanna's entire style. Yeah, weird. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh it's like when Bonnie McKee wrote all those Katy Perry songs and she was like, I'm going to be a pop star. And it was like, well, you just sound like imitation Katy Perry. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. They don't show. Oh, that's okay. Oh, they have the soundtrack. Huh? Sorry. So yeah. Um, 
Moonquake Lake is Sia and Beck, yeah. So anyhow, it's a duet between Sia and Beck, and it's like detailing the plot of the film Moonquake Lake. Uh, it It's like, honestly, it's brilliant. <laughs> anyhow, so getting back. So John Carpenter films weren't considered high art. But I, but I, there are things about them, not only, not only the way that they were made and, and the reasons they were made and, and the ideas in them that are both good and bad at the same time, but there's stuff that's like legitimately has gone from being thought of as bad to now being considered good. And this happens all the time. I mean, honestly, art often takes a while for like people in the mainstream to accept it. And so you end up with a lot of, you know, gut reactions to things that are in, that are, you know, they're like, you can't, they can't see it because they haven't been, they're not they ready for it. Yet. They're not ready for it. They haven't been conditioned like to understand Aguilera it. Is bionic. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds, that sounds right to me at a glance. Um, so yeah, so I was like, I'm going to be a manifest guy and partially maybe driven by my desire to enjoy bad things. And then I watched the first season and then I watched one episode or two episodes of the second season. It was very bad. But then I learned recently like a few months ago, there was like a manifest, like a panic, a pan, a panifest. Pan, a people panifest. were <laughs> panic fest. People were going crazy over manifest. Manifest had its like third season and then was canceled or something. And then it was like they put it on Netflix. And then they're like, people were like, oh my God, I have to see more manifest. I manifest it's like manifest is the most popular show in the world, which is the only reason. The only reason I fucking promise you is because we ran out of stuff. And Manifest was like, well, we got some, we got a show, like some episodes. Can we put, can we get it on Netflix? And the people were like, I don't know. What am I going to watch? Oh, Manifest? Sure. Oh, it has something in here. Like there's a story of some type. Oh, there's a mystery. Oh, I guess. Sure. That's my favorite show now. People are like, your favorite Manifest memes, like on BuzzFeed I or whatever. I secretly think that that's what happened with The Queen's Gambit. Not it that is. it's not a pretty good it show. It is. But we ran out of stuff. We had like this people- weird gulf and it was like, this is the best. I watched The Queen's Gambit. It was fine. It wasn't that good. It was like a show. It's two episodes too long. Like nobody was like, nobody like, I mean, actually there was some bad acting in it now that I think of it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is unwatchable. It was like a British like thing with British people or whatever. It was fine. It was literally just totally fine. But Manifest is not just fine. Manifest is subpar. Manifest is garbage NBC, low budget, wannabe, lost sci-fi shit. But that's shit. what succeeds on Netflix now. Like when well, I it's based Circle, for basic. I'm like, this basic is the people. lowest. It's the lowest common denominator reality television show. I still watch it. That's what they it, want. It's, it's so garbage. It's what the people want, Ryan. Anyhow, the point is. So I, I so then everybody came around to being a uh, being a Stanifest like me, but of course I'd moved on because I'm so ahead of the curve as usual, just so uh, powerfully, gigantically ahead of the curve that I'd already now you're dropped. On to, uh, <laughs> you're now I want some new shit that people are going to get into after the nuclear. I'm currently apocalypse. I'm currently trying to I'm trying to put together a uh, I want them to make an actual film version of Moonquake Lake and that is what I'm working on right now. <laughs> um, anyhow, but but to get to back to my total my original point, bringing what, it all what? the way. Yes, <laughs> aliens. I think manifest. Chris, I want to say it. I want to say manifest was really toying with the idea of they were gonna. It was either gonna be like Jesus. Or aliens. They really kind of, the way they did it, I guess they could have thrown in like some government like experiment. Like Yeah, some government experiment gone awry. Actually, what was great about the leftovers is they left this huge, Ambiguity. weird question mark about the whole thing that, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it was, 
The Leftovers, by the way, the great greatest makeover in show history from season one to season three, unbelievable. Uh, do they do four seasons or three? I think three. Three. Incredible show, certainly the last two seasons, two and three, incredible. But like uh, captivating stuff. First season I was not so into. But um, anyhow, I think, so it's so manifest to bring it all full circle. It, it got to be either Aliens Maybe God, which is what Lost did, lame, and uh, or, or, um, it's a government uh, government experiment gone gone sideways. Aliens I, by far the best option out of those. I have no idea. Anyhow, so what I was saying about it, and then bringing it full full circle, is that it would be nice if Death Loop tapped into something a little bit less obvious than like you know we did a nuclear war and now the planet is. Do you think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the reason we don't get a lot of Aliens content? Uh, what is that? Is that the Indiana Jones film? Yeah. Does it have aliens in it? Yeah, the ending is that, like... E.T. Spoiler e. alert for an old movie. Is that, like, multiple aliens come down from space and they, like, kill everybody. And then the Crystal Skulls were real alien skulls and they have magical powers. And then what? It, it's fucking crazy. Wait, the wait, wait. Of that movie is bonkers. Wait, the aliens kill everybody? Yeah. Like like in the world. Like Ark of the Covenant style, but it's aliens doing it. And they're like, hello, thank you for bringing us back to your planet or whatever. It's what? So fucking weird. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Horrible. Great movie ruined by its ending. What? Yeah. That's nuts. I, know. I had it's no. So I, if anything, it sounds like a. a mediocre film improved by an incredible ending <laughs> you know what nowadays i'd probably agree with you but at the time i was sitting that sounds in AMC lows on long island and i wait was like, i gotta i gotta I'm i gotta furious hold on hold on hold on indiana jones yes that's what mm -hmm. i want i just Look have these to... aliens hold on they're making CGI another one even great yeah they are they're making another one hopefully the it's kingdom not of the crystal that. skull oh my god this is Oh, okay. I gotta watch this. I just did a yeah. quick. I just did a quick breeze through of the. This made a lot of money, actually. It made seven hundred ninety million dollars. I guess it was a hit. Yeah, but then they didn't do another one for a while because they were. Well, they're like, doing. Oh, they're doing one. Or... They're gonna do one. They're yeah, gonna they are now. They're gonna de-age. Uh... Oh, Shia LaBeouf's in this. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna de-age everybody for the next one, including Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> who's gonna be. He's gonna be de-aged, and and also he's gonna have his uh, record wiped. His. Uh, Sexual assault record is going to be wiped from the... Just clean it right up. They're, they're going to CGI that right out of existence. <laughs> it's very impressive. Oh, man. I like how, like, every... It's like Buddy everyone... Sucks. No, it's like, yeah, it's like every one of these Hollywood guys is like, you know, people are like, oh, my God, I fucking love this. He's so crazy, so weird. It's like, it's like what's his name? Um, Franco, James Franco. People are like, oh, James Franco so yeah. cool. He's so weird. And then it's like, oh, he's a, like a sex guy. He's like a sex pest. Or more, or more, more. Sex Pest Plus. It's, it's strange because I've never felt the urge to be a sex pest. I mean, you know maybe I, mean? I like I I get drug addiction. Well, you don't. Drugs you're not a great. fucking. You're not a. You're not a extremely sexy film star. That's. I mean, true. you're extremely sexy. Don't get me wrong, but 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 you're not a film. I'm star. I'm not out here <laughs> spear fishing with my dick. I mean, <laughs> what's it like? But that's the thing is, it shouldn't be. It should actually be 
you should be to not be a sex pest because right. everyone's throwing themselves at you, you. You should be less. It seems like there'd be fewer need, fewer like opportunities or need to be a, a all lesser. All the boys and all the girls are begging to fuck. Lessened a lessened need to be a sex guy, sex assaulter, because you've got sex like guy. a lot of options. You know, uh, I would imagine. What was he convicted of? Well, he was a sex guy. He was a sex guy. <laughs> I don't know because I'm like uh you know, I'm like a monster. And if anybody even looks at me, I'm like, do they is this interest? If anybody even glances at me, I'm like a little this, sex gremlin. That's could how this I like be, to picture could myself. Could this be yeah. <laughs> sex gremlin, which is like uh something bad happens if you get wet. Is that <laughs> just want to make sure I'm understanding the entire framing of the sex gremlin conceptually. Uh and it sounds pretty good to me. The lady gremlin. That's what the sex gremlin. Is. First off, there are lady gremlins, and they're very and they're very they're horny. Very <laughs> horny. They're like you know what? They're always wet. Honestly, the grem the gremlins do seem kind of <laughs> horny. Is that on purpose? They do. Just it, my my memory of the gremlins as a species, which I believe they are. I believe they're the not. Gremlins and the minions come off as horny. Uh, the minions definitely are like a weird. It's like a. You know, they're like, they go to like sex clubs or whatever. Yeah, they're like, ooga booga. Yeah, which is fine. Kicking not weird. It's not weird. It's not weird. It's their choice. It's their choice. I don't think they're related, right? It's all consent. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of consent, all they right? Can, they, they consent, non, but nonverbal consent because the minions can't really, they don't really use booga, words. Booga, booga, booga. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, but yeah, they definitely seem like they would uh, frequent some sex clubs or dungeons. But uh, the, but the, but the gremlins just seem like they're, just fucking going nuts. They seem like sex pests, actually. The gremlins, yeah, like they would sexually yeah, yeah. harass you, like the rabbits. Like the Gizmo, rabbits seem like they like, cross the line. Like Gizmo will definitely like touch you inappropriately when you mm-hmm. haven't asked for it or consented to it. Absolutely. Know? But you might be like with Gizmo, you might be like, all right, you know what? I'll allow this. This is one time. <laughs> it's a nice guy. I was. It's a nice guy. I maybe mean, think Gizmo's a guy. It's <laughs> like when he's not being like doing whatever Gizmo normally does. He puts on like a little suit. And goes, goes, he's like a finance, he's a, in finance. Gizmo just walks onto the floor of the stock exchange with a little briefcase. You know what I'm Gizmo's saying? Gizmo's just in his free time walking around J. Crew. Yeah. Just to, just fucking trying to get the perfect, um, like, uh, what's that shirt? Button polo. Down. Polo. Perfect polo shirt. Little tiny polo shirt for Gizmo. He's got a boat thing this week. All right. So. What else do we have to talk about? Maybe we do a quick one this week. Maybe we don't have that much. We're talking about Gizmo in a suit. So maybe it's I mean, not. I can throw topics at you and you give me a yes or no. All right. Oh, well, we didn't talk about the new hot new iPhone. Oh, well, yes. Is that on your list? Yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything to say about the iPhone, except that Ray found. I mean, all I have to say is it's, a, it's the best iPhone ever, except for there's this one camera bug, which, which you know what I love? What I really enjoy to this day, I truly love seeing. It's the same thing. It's the same like the Elon Musk defenders, like the weird dudes jumping in front of you know the shotgun blast or whatever. Um, it's the people who are like, you don't. I don't know. Maybe you own shares in Apple or whatever, but they feel like they have to defend Apple because like, they bought into the ecosystem and they. Don't I, want to I, I, I get they that. I get that. But like, but like they're. Apple doesn't need you. They don't need you. No. Apple Apple's fine. They have They're enough not a money. Scrappy they, underdog. Apple has technically speaking unlimited money. More money than Jesus. Uh uh who actually gave Jesus it all away. Jesus famously had no money. <laughs> gave it all away. They have more money than God. They have so much money they can buy 
Apple has enough money to I buy. Would, they if, can pay if outright Apple for the Vatican. I would not be shocked. They can buy Microsoft, Netflix, and Tesla, and still have money left over. Okay, that's how much money they have in the bank. So I think you're you can you can if somebody has a critique of Apple, you can saddle the fuck down. You can just shut the fuck up, chill out. Don't worry about Tim Cook and his crew. They will be all right. It would not kill them to be a little bit, hey, you're a little bit of occasional hard uh, criticism. And in this case, it's actually like, it's just this thing with the camera. This is the main thing. Ray's like, the phones are great. They're awesome. The cameras are really good. But there's this super annoying thing they do, which is when you're trying to focus on something and you're a bit closer to it, the camera automatically starts switching between a macro lens and like a standard lens and what, and, 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 and it doesn't and do it. No way to turn it well, off. Well, there's no way, way to, there's no way to turn it off. And it doesn't do it in the way that some, sometimes you see this happening. Like if you switch a lens and sometimes like a phone will like kind of readjust and switch to a lens to focus on something. This happens with, with multi-lens cameras, uh, multi-lens phones, but there is a, there is a subtle little kind of, oh, okay. It's like gone to a different sort of focal depth or focal length or whatever. On this, it is like it reframes your picture. It just jumps the shot like to a place where you had it in the middle and now it's not in the middle anymore. The thing yeah, you were like trying to – it's like an inch to the side. Yeah. It's a big deal when you're up close. It's really – it's a huge deal. And like as a, as a person who's constantly taking a picture of like a quickly moving kid or a dog, I can tell you that would be very, very annoying. And or even uh, if you're just holding the phone and you're not resting it on the table while you're framing a shot, yeah, yeah. you could just shift your finger and then you're done. And the, and the phone's just doing it automatically, just making a guess at where it wants to be, where you think you want to be. So so it, it seems very annoying and actually kind of like a huge ding because usually it's every camera upgrade for I, the iPhone is like, wow, this is so good. It's so much better than the last one. It's not even, there's I not mean, even a debate. I mean, all the iPhone cameras have been better than anything else really on the market. Right. And I honest. think, and I think the qual- qualitatively, the camera's very, very good, except there's this thing that actually could make it very annoying to use for a lot of consumers. And I assume, maybe I'm wrong, but I assume that when we get to um, the launch day, which is probably the, will be the day this podcast is out, uh, you're going to see people going, what it, why is this doing this? You know, like what is this doing? And the Apple great said, thing is a, a software fix will fix it. Like they just need a button so you can turn that off. I yeah. just want a button that's like stop switching, please. Yeah, I I um I uh I, yeah, that's the simple thing is I just you can just you should be able to turn it off. You say don't switch, don't automatically switch my thing or whatever. Um and so so but you know that is impossible. Anyhow, but that's it. Like they're iPhones, you know, they're 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 gonna they're get they're the greatest iPhone ever. More interesting. Created. And speaking of mega corporations, please from, do um, please from uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley is Microsoft's Surface line has been updated. Are you now interested in the Duo more than you were before? Now that they fixed everything. No, I there? bought a Fold. I didn't even talk about this. You bought a Fold? We talked about that a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, I you bought did. a I Fold knew, I knew 3. I did know that. And I returned it like five days later. I was like, maybe a week later. I was like, I have no use for this. Uh, and I can't figure out why I would want this. And it provides no benefit from what I can tell in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, yeah, the Surface Duo I'm even less interested in because it's like, no external it's, screen. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a less interesting device, but also has the same problem, which is like, why would I want this? Like, what am I doing with this? What is the what is the point of this? 
I you think know? the point for some people uh, genuinely at this point, <laughs> pun, uh, is that it's different than an iPhone and everything looks like an iPhone now. So it's like, well, you want something interesting in your pocket? And I think yeah. I've come to realize that as much as I liked the flip because it was smaller and I liked the flip because I miss flipping my phone. Um, genuinely, I, I think most of the novelty was that people were like, oh, my God, what is that? Yeah, it's nice I, to have a parlor trick. I, I think we actually – I think I actually talked about this when the when the, when the the Razor – the new Razor came out. And I think Ray talked about this when he was uh, did the first flip review. You know, and I think they've improved a lot of the things that were like, well, this is <laughs> subpar on all this other stuff. And it's – you know, I can't figure out why I have a flip phone. But I think it's the truth is it's like an – it's like a – it's like an answer in search of a question. You know, yeah, it's it like, is. guys, we did it. We made, we made the phone fold open. And and now we're like, why? For what? What's the reason? Like, to I know what end. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. They don't know. They're like two apps next to each other. I'm like, oh, OK. An app on <laughs> top. Like, hey, you ever scroll in one app and think I'd like to be scrolling another app? They're like, right Are now. you are you ever sitting down and you want to watch? It's like with the flip. It's like, are you sitting down? And you want to watch YouTube, but you only want to watch it on a smaller part of the screen. And you don't want to have to like look down at your phone. You want to kind of look and ac- picture and you picture look, isn't good enough. You want to look across at your phone and like so you can tilt the screen to like, you know, it's like they have this, you know, all of these companies. Actually, we should talk about Apple's like their whole marketing thing. They always want, they have these like, and I get it. It's aspirational marketing, right? They're like, you're an important busy person and you're doing so many Zoom calls and sometimes you don't have your laptop in front of you and you're going to bust this thing out and flip it open and it's going to sit there kind of like a little laptop and you're going to have your Zoom call and you're going to be super productive. And it's like, that really is such an edge case. And also it's a terrible, it's a terrible experience with those little phones. So it's not really a thing that people are going to do. And then it's the same thing with Apple. Apple's like on the flip side, they're not like you're so productive. They sort of are with the iPad, they're always like, you are an artist. You are a creator. You are creating. You are making beauty in the world. You're you designing. Know you're 3D modeling. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're a furniture designer. You're a painter. You're a YouTube star. You are making films on your phone and iPad. You are a professional photographer. You are at a shoot. You need to proof some photos. You're doing it on your iPad. You got your pen out. You're making the red X. You're like, not that one. It's just like being a super productive, famous, important photographer. You are taking pictures. Billie Eilish is there. You're doing photos. You guys are reviewing it on the iPad. Then you're editing it on the iPad. Then you're putting it up on her website on any. This is not you. These are not real people. I understand we want to have the creator economy as a thing, and there are people as a part of the creator economy, and they do need certain types of tools. Totally, there but, are specialty <clears throat> tools for all different jobs, and they. And I'm not. Be I'm not being. And I'm not being like classist in this. I'm just simply saying that Apple sells this idea that you get your like iPad and your pen, and you're doing all this like just you know mesmerizing, creative, interesting. They stuff. act like the tools should come before the talent or interest when. In fact, it's the other way around. If, you, if you're if you sketching a lot and you find that it's hard to keep track of all your drawings, a digital version might be good for you because you can keep track of everything and have them with you all the time and back them up. That makes sense. But if you are learning to draw, do not purchase an iPad because you aspirationally want to be a creative. Right. Be I, a creative I, I mean, you and could, then buy if you the want. Tool. I mean, if you want, you can do whatever you want. I'm not telling you how to spend your money, but I just think sure, the, of course. the, the biggest example of this. Head, but I'm telling yeah. you, it's no, 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 not no a don't good do that. Idea. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. But the um, 
but the but the biggest the perfect example of this and also the one of the more embarrassing examples is is Apple you know at their I think we I don't know if we even talked about this last week I can't remember it's been such a blur but they did this thing where they were like it's like Catherine Bigelow directed yeah I think we did talk about it, but it's like oh you know, you're you could be a film director it's like okay these don't look like films and even in the hands of Catherine Bigelow they don't look like films which should be more alarming to everybody because she's a professional. Anyhow, people will find interesting things to do with the devices and no doubt they're very capable of them. But I, but every company wants to sell you this idea of who you are, you know, so you can buy their product. And I think that very rarely, or in many, in, in many cases, it's an edge case where those things match up with reality. And it's like, what do you really need to, what do I, what am I really doing with my phone right now? Like I'm not taking zoom calls on my phone. I'm taking zoom calls on a computer in an, in my home office and, and when i do take zoom calls on my phone it's fine and i can just swipe up and go to another app it's i don't need yeah. to be in the zoom call yeah but i mean whatever i get it it's this is what marketing is i i uh and i can't you know i'm not gonna we don't have to i don't have to sit here and like uh shit talk the concept of marketing the entire time because it's like that's what it is you have to sell the thing and how do you sell it you know how do you sell Something that people already you have. Tell people that I mean, they smell, and then you sell them deodorant. Well, well, um, but deodorant is let's me not. Deodorant is very good, and they yeah, actually. No, oh, I'll actually back. let me talk about deodorant for a second. Okay, I believe they've discontinued my favorite uh, antiperspirant slash deodorant scent, uh, which is a Dove Men, you know, tough, tough guy, dark gray bottle. Oh, I've, I've tried that. Well, no, no, but they have different scents, and they have one that's called like Mineral and Sage, which smells great. And they have seemingly discontinued it, but they have introduced a new Lime and Sage, or Mineral and Lime, or something aluminum free. Because now they're like, we're into wellness, or whatever. All these companies, <laughs> they're like, we also love organic. You know, they're it's like, like okay, now it won't work. Well, <laughs> it doesn't work, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the uh, unadulterated. Josh Topolsky review of Dove's aluminum free deodorant, which is please put aluminum in it because that's what stops people from reeking. And when I say people, I mean me. And uh, I don't know who's every single natural or aluminum free or whatever deodorant. Crystal, the worst. I've every one of them I've tried is a failure. They do not work. It is the greatest scam. I'm sorry. It is the greatest scam. If you think you don't stink when you're wearing that shit, you can't smell yourself, but I mean, every, you, everybody you else smell can. smell like Steve Jobs in the 70s. Wow. I mean, that's probably correct. Uh, but the we don't know. We I'd love to know how he smelled. Like to, they should bottle that and sell it. But um, but uh, no, it's like anyhow. It's just sorry. So to get on that point, um, everybody is everybody is now into the organic stuff, and everybody is uh, ready to you know meet you on the battlefield of life. What the hell was the point? What the fuck was I talking about just before the deodorant aside? I said something about deodorant and marketing. Oh, yeah, right. Well, but uh, my point was that actually you do stink and you need deodorant and you need one that actually functions and has chemicals in it that stop your body from stinking. And I know you'll – look, you're going to come – I know these people are going to come at me with their – that's – you know, we shouldn't be suppressing our – that's how bodies are supposed to smell. First off, they I think they've they've actually proven that aluminum is fine and it doesn't hurt Perfectly you. Perfectly fine. It's not a big fine. deal. For, what's hilarious is that it was like 20 years ago somebody was like, aluminum is very bad and you shouldn't use it. And then they did all these studies and it's, it's like, oh, that – People are still taking vitamin C for a cold. It's more about the narrative than I mean, it is about I don't, I don't know. Works. I don't know. I haven't had a cold in a while. But I will say, um, uh, yeah – 
Don't walk around like your shit don't stink because it do stink, okay? (laughs) And everybody knows it. I literally had to order the last two remaining tubes of my favorite deodorant from like a store called Blaine's in the Midwest, which I'd never heard of. And I was like midnight and I was in, yeah, it's like, I was like, where can I get this? Cause I started like seeing that it was not available anywhere. And it's like, Blaine's has two tubes of it or whatever. And I'm like, I'll get those. And then they're like, well, it's $8 for shipping. And I'm like, that's like almost as much as the deodorant. And I was like, well, maybe I should buy something else from Blaine's. Never heard of it. Never been to their website before. Maybe Blaine's has some good. Well, Blaine's is like, Blaine's is like value retailers. Come and get or Meyer. They're like, come and get your groceries. And also do you need a tractor and also maybe your horse needs groceries as well and they're like have you stocked up walmart is like they're like have you stocked up on your they're like have you stocked up on your prepper packs or whatever i'm like okay i was like maybe i should buy something else they're like have you considered these carhartt work pants i'm like "Mm, actually i have (laughs) okay before we go i have one thing that really bothered me this week It, it got under my skin for a whole day i think i'm finally getting over it but i think i'm ready to talk about it there was a piece on the verge about how kids in college these zoomers don't understand how to use computers because folders don't make sense to them and they don't know what files are yeah and i am sorry to that reporter and i'm sure that this is true for some subset of kids who've had chromebooks and could never afford any other kind of technology but that is such bonkers bullshit and it is not a real issue it is you know what? Millennials did not understand command line. And then when we have to use it, we go on YouTube and we learn how it works. And then we go, yeah, okay, now I understand command not, line. Not a is, real problem. I, I think so. It is so, a fake moral panic. I want to talk. I agree. Actually, it's you actually hit the nail on the head about this. And Laura and I were talking about it. We were talking about it like when that when we started reading that article and and the thing that she pointed out, which which I have to say, I, you know, I'm not saying that the reporting's bad or whatever, but like this opening anecdote is, you know, in back, you know, in 2017, this professor started noticing that her, that her, um, you know, students were all like, "Where I can't find my project or whatever. And, you know, slowly but surely she it dawned on her. They didn't know what a file was. And it's like, I think there's something more to that story that we're not hearing which yeah, is like, like someone didn't do their homework, <laughs> like like or or the you know whatever they were using had a bad interface or the explanation or they for used Macs their whole life and they were used to that search system and now they're on Microsoft and Windows and they're like I don't like this search. Yeah, but but so the thing is, so so just to start with, it it, it was very hard to accept this concept that. These that there's this huge starting in 2017, okay, right? So started seeing the problem in 2017. Uh, she asked each student where they'd save their project. Could they be? Could they be on their desk on the desktop? Perhaps in the shared drive. But over and over, she was met with confusion. What are you talking about? Multiple students inquired. Not only did they not know where their files were saved, they didn't understand the question. Okay, so they didn't know what a file was. Now, I will cop to, and I got a lot of people telling me on Twitter. That like, hey, man, you know, you're just old. You don't realize these kids were raised on iPads and blah, 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 and all this stuff. It's like. iPads I, still use files. I accept. No, I accept that I'm an I'm a super user. OK, I'm I'm a super I'm super first off. And I'm also a super. user. I understand that I understand these products in a way. And I understand technology in a way that a lot of people don't. OK, I get the call. Every person in my family, when they're having a problem, 
you know who you are. You're the same. You get the call, and they're like, "You're please. out here power cycling <clears throat> routers." Yeah, please up help Apple me. Watches. Please help me. Please help me figure this problem out. Whatever, fine. Okay. Zelda is seven years old, and and I think Zelda is perhaps a slightly savvier than some other kids her age because she's my child somewhat. But like, she spends ninety percent of her computing time ninety. 90% of her computing time on an iPad. And she, on her own, has come to understand this concept of, like, there are apps. They are an object. Those apps can be put into a folder, right? Now, she has screens where she loads up things that she saved, right? She goes into a painting program. She has a painting app that she likes to use on her iPad. It presents her with things she can open, and it presents her with things she can save. And she understands that those occupy a space somewhere in that that device like they're there right she knows the basic concept she has the basic concept of like your work self-contained your work is saved there's a thing that that work is in this system somewhere and you can get to it in a variety of different ways she also uses search all the time like she'll open up the search bar and search for an app that she's looking for like i do and like you do because it's more convenient so she understands that you can search for that thing right uh, but she doesn't think that like, I don't think she, th- and again, maybe it's, I'm just using my child as an example, but like, I understand this concept that, that people may be less, uh, cognizant of the need or the less cognizant of like the underpinnings of a file and folder system or less cognizant of the fact that a, that when you, that something could be saved, quote unquote saved or is, is existing in its state that you left it in. And that thing, that is something. It is something. It's not like a general vibe. There is an object that that represents, right? Like I don't, and I find it very, very difficult. I'm sure it's true for some people, but I find it very difficult to accept that, you know, multiple students, many, so many that it was in an article were just simply like, didn't understand the concept of a file. They didn't understand the concept of saving a file or that a file could be saved. Not that they've done it, but that they understand that the thing exists and is a possibility. Like, I don't... Or that even if they completely don't understand, they've only ever used an iPhone and they've only ever opened an app and closed an app. That's it. That's all they've ever done on a phone. Let me give you that an example. it exa- couldn't be yes. explained to them. Yes, yes. In less than 20 minutes. Or 20 it's minutes? Not true. 20 seconds. It's not true. I'm giving, I'm giving leeway for kids with learning disabilities. Okay. It is... It is not or, true. It just yeah. it flat out isn't. But but That's even not a reality. I mean, so 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 then there's like these quotes from people like everybody's trying to like compare these things to like cabinets and folders and shit like actual like things in reality. And like to be very clear, that's not like I, I have people tweeting me about it. it's in the article where people are talking about how there's like a folder and then or there's like a file cabinet and then inside the file cabinet is a folder and it's like at a very if you were only to interact with like the concept of some of the icons on your computer you might believe that that is the the way that the file system functions but in fact it is a much more multifaceted uh system that it really doesn't have anything to do with cabinets or files or folders it's simply like things go into groups. Those groups get boxes, sometimes get visual boxes around them, sometimes not. But like what is true is that almost everywhere on the internet and everywhere in technology, what is represented whether by uh, on purpose or by proxy or by accident, we see a lot of these same things over and over again, which is Google Drive, 
groups things as objects inside of other objects, Dropbox, lists, objects, objects inside of other objects, obviously Mac and uh, Windows. Every, Every smartphone has a file app, but also they have things like folders and they encourage, even the new iOS encourages apps to live in groups it kind of almost forces you into it now where it says your apps will go into these things and that's where a collection of things is. So just the concept of like these being discrete individual objects that can exist within a system somewhere. The idea that there is a 20-year-old or an 18-year-old who has grown up, especially in the age of like YouTube. They're where, feral. They just can't understand what an object yeah, is. Yeah, what's a file? Like what's a file? I don't understand. I saved a file. Like I understand maybe I sound like a uh, very old but i i want to give i get it kids that have never used physical books if you said grab your bookmark and they're like what's a bookmark yeah I, sure but i understand that in a hundred years that. in a hundred years what? i could tell you it's a piece of paper you stick to you for remember your page I and mean, they would go oh that's a bookmark and we would be done with it i just think i get it and i think there's also this this idea that well you know people are really relying on search and things like alfred and obviously you know um you know, uh, whatever Google, whatever uh, Apple calls it, the spotlight or whatever. It's like, yeah. totally get it. Search is really functional. And Google has obviously made search a thing that is at the forefront of our mind, which makes a lot of sense. But search actually has so much more in common with a command line than it does with, I mean, there's so many, there's so many parallels between using that kind of text search function and using a command line to find things. It's very interesting. And so I think... Um, so I think it's like, but but just to back up from this, my annoyance with this story and my kind of disbelief, and I will, and I will, I will like fight someone on this, like in terms of like intellectually having this conversation. I don't believe that people are so, they're so far removed from the way that these systems work that uh, they don't, they can't just, they can't understand the core concept. Ah, maybe they don't know exactly how to find things that I also think is somewhat bunk, but like the idea that they can't understand the core concept of a file to me rings really like this to me reminds me of, it reminded me of an article from the style section, the way the New York times style section used to write these articles that were like very, they were like boomer bait essentially. And the boomer bait was like, was like about this. It would be this, like these young kids don't know what a file is. And everybody would, you know, it'd be like me. I'm kids like, up aren't in arms. using punctuation. Yeah. Yeah. Texting. Right. Right. Punctuation is a great example. So I think like, yeah, that's a great one. It's like, like, I'm sorry, you sound older when you point this out about young people that you've cleverly observed than I do saying, I don't think that that's a big deal. The, I you mean, sound this, way older. The, 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 yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, this is the rainbow party of computing problems totally 100 like, it's like it's yes. like yeah maybe one are time your teens? are your teens doing whippets i mean <laughs> i'm like, sorry maybe zelda, i don't think it's a crisis <laughs> zelda was given zelda was given she's in second grade they were given chromebooks chromebooks have files on them yes they, have, they do they have like to use docs you have to save the file but even if you drive. just use docs even if you just use docs on, on the web when you go to your docs page the files it don't. Files. The files aren't <laughs> called up magically. It shows a list of files. It shows your files. It shows and their folders, objects. Like maybe the teacher just this professor didn't explain what to look for. Maybe like they're like the file. The kids was the kids were like, "What's well, a file?" 
and she couldn't figure out some way to explain what it was. Like, oh, you know, the thing that is the thing you click on that yeah, opens maybe up they the call project. It a save or a no, document. they don't. Yeah, maybe whatever. I mean, but we're talking about completely insane. We're, we're now writing about logical concepts. Yeah, like, yeah we're... like theories of 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 the organization of the universe. Yeah, anyhow, I, I don't want to get. They've I, got it. I I don't. I, I think this is not like an either or situation. I actually have zero fear about people not being able to understand like essentially a basic information systems like. They love search. They use Siri and fucking a Google Assistant to find things. I think that's wonderful. They're always asking the Echo to do things for them. That's fine. Wow, my phone just woke up. No, I don't want you to do anything for me. I think that's great. I think that's great. But I also believe pretty strongly that even that this generation, the next generation, and for many generations following, it will we will not need special classes to teach them what a file is or what a folder is. We will simply need to use some common sense with them, and they will need to use some common sense as well. And I think that like there but are even if but even if you need a special class, guess what? When I went to college, we had a basic intro to computer class about D uh, Microsoft Office and the Adobe Suite because we were going to use them in class, yeah. and we had to sit through a ninety-minute slideshow presentation while we tapped on our phones. And guess what? Some underprivileged people or people who were traveling internationally and didn't have computers or people who had no interest in computers and whose parents homeschooled them, maybe 10 people out of our entire student body needed the class and we all had to sit through it so they wouldn't be embarrassed. It was fine. We yeah. all went to I mean, typing class even though we knew how to type. It's fine. I mean, It's not this... a big deal. This is not a cultural crisis. I mean, But the piece was so like... Well, their brains are devolving into goo. Well, we need to take away their phones and give them Windows ninety eight. I mean, no, here's we don't what I Stop what, it. what I would so so then they quote this they quote this senior at Princeton, okay, and I if I were if I heard the, if I were able to speak to this person. I'd say, how did you get in? That tracks with how Joshua <laughs> Drossman, a senior at Princeton, has understood computer systems for as long as he can remember. The most intuitive thing, this is a quote, the most intuitive thing would be a laundry basket where you have everything kind of together and you're just kind of pulling out what you need at any given time. So let me just stop. Wait, 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 what? Wait, yes, he says, attempting to describe his mental model. So let me just stop here. Joshua's <laughs> mental Joshua's mental model is fucking garbage because yeah, one of the mom one of did the not teach him to yeah, fold his clothes like, and put like, them in you the know filing what I, cabinet. I hear I hear a guy <laughs> I hear a guy who's waiting for some person to take care of organization for him. He can't fucking sort his law. I, what I hear here is not that um it would be more intuitive if it worked like you what you use as a as the thing that makes sense to you is a is a laundry basket filled up with stuff piled together and you pull out what you need at any given time. Like within the span of one sentence, this guy says signals so many problems with the way his brain works that it's like kind of unbelievable to me. Okay. Like if you Are think we sure he hasn't had traumatic brain yeah, injury. If you think <laughs> if you think what is efficient and convenient is you got all your fucking clothes in a laundry basket and when you need a sock you dig around in there till you find a sock. The whole world is your giant purse with all of your possessions in it at all times. That you, your problems are not that you don't know what a file is. Your problems are that you don't know how to organize things and break them down into uh, into under into smaller parts that make it easier to access yeah, them more quickly. Like your you have a, that you're too rich and your parents yeah. take care of you. You're like, well, I don't know. The nanny always just folded everything and put it away for me. Or when I would, I would just beckon to somebody and they'd get it for me. I don't know what this is, but like. This is not, I would not use his mental model as an example of, maybe we could say, oh, well, here's exactly the problem. But this kid's problem is not he doesn't know what folders are. 
And frankly, the idea that kids don't interact with paper or folders is ridiculous. Go into any elementary school. They hand out dittos. Kids draw on pieces of paper. They save them. It's We understand what paper is. I mean, absurd. I mean, look. look, uh, He's like, he knows what folders are and he understands their importance, but it's still not enough. Sometimes he slips. About halfway through a recent nine-month research project, he built up project. He built up so many files that he gave up on keeping them all structured. I tried to be organized, but there's a so- certain point where there are so many files that he be kind of be- just became a hot mess. Drossman says many of his items ended up in one massive folder. It's like this person doesn't have a problem with files and folders. This person has a problem with organization. And that's and a laziness. And that, well, I'm not going to make a judgment on whether he's lazy or not. Maybe he has stuff going on in his mind that is making it hard. I get it. I'm super ADD. And sometimes like it can be hard to keep things like organized, but I I've no, come up yeah, with. I have ADHD. I have literally almost no object permanence. And John yeah. hates that everything yeah. I own is where I use it. And where I can see it. And he thinks I just have piles of stuff. That does sound very annoying. It's difficult. But we've had to learn how to to create um, spaces for me to put things in storage. But where I use them so that I don't lose everything. Because I lose everything. And I get that. But I also understand what a thing is. And what a box is. And I'm not shocked to find out there's a digital equipment uh, equivalent. That's... it's whatever. No, this whole thing was just absurd. It's, and it's, it bothered me because like every once in a while, the whole tech world gets in this moral panic about how kids tried to use, tried to touch the TV because they're used to touch screens. Yeah. And it's like, it takes two seconds no, to be like, I mean, this isn't a touch no, screen. I'll admit when, when Zelda was much younger and she was using the iPad a lot and she would see the TV, she would definitely, and she still does occasionally like try to touch like a computer monitor that isn't a touch screen. That's very understandable, but this is not that. This is not the expectation that, I mean, this is just, I'm sorry. It's just like, there's just something really fundamental about understanding. You don't have to understand elaborate systems and elaborate hierarchies. You simply have to know that there's there's really no way, there's no way for this to work unless you can imagine that your the things that you are going to return to on a regular basis must be stored in some manner and must be frozen in some state at some point. Because like, like anything in life, you know, you can't, it's like I'm working on a woodworking project and I get halfway through and then I have to break because I'm busy doing something else. Uh, This is like, I know that that project is in this state at this point and this many pieces are required to finish it and I have cuts to do and et cetera. And like, I have to return to that state. And like, there's a really basic conception of how we work that involves not like not files and folders, but it is these ideas of objects that can um, be frozen and then unfrozen and then changed and then frozen again. And those live somewhere. There is a thing that is exists that is that is discreetly that thing. And I don't believe for a second that a, a generation raised on like collecting Pokemon and saving their 100% games and Pokemon and, is an exact and, and the people. Fucking- Yes. The, pe- the people like Pokemon are a full they live in like folders basically. You like they're files. Co- you collect the file and then you put it in a folder. Like, I'm sorry, it's not that complicated. But also the generation that all everybody wants to be a YouTuber, there's no way that those people don't understand that like you have to like shoot a video. And then the video has to go from like the way it was when you shot it to the way you want it to be on YouTube. And like even TikTok has editing tools and tools, and you have to understand like this is a discrete file. 
or collection of files that I'm bringing together into a project, which is basically a folder to make a thing that then gets exported. And I understand like we can talk about the abstract ideas and all this stuff, but really I don't believe that this generation or the next generation, it's it's just like, it just to me, it's like, it's just like, it is very like rainbow party-esque in the sense of like, yeah, maybe there's like one professor who had this like one problem and it's kind of exaggerated. I just don't believe this guy, Josh Drosman, Joshua Drosman, Drossman, I what he needs is like a lesson, and he needs Marie Kondo to teach him how to organize things. Like he doesn't need he doesn't need to uh, a, a fucking computer science class. He needs a uh, here's how you're an adult. You don't live out of a fucking laundry basket. All right, listen, I I don't even have time for nice things. I have to get out of here because I'm late for a meeting right now. So I think I talked. Listen, I'm going to say that my nice thing is dot com for murder. Go check it out. Also, the Annie 2014 soundtrack, real bangers, some real bangers on there. I have been playing a very fun game. Um, it is an indie game that you can get on Steam. Uh, it's called Honey. I joined a cult. It is a simulator similar to like a SimCity or you know what a simulator is. And you are a cult leader. And the game is all about keeping your cult going despite all the factors which would take a cult apart. And it's very funny. It's very 70s themed. The music is hilarious. And all of the prompts and everything are done in the voice of a sociopathic cult leader. So, like, when someone gets sick, they're like, it's very annoying. <laughs> like, the pop-up says, like, one of your you know subjects is sick. It's very annoying. <laughs> I love it. It is a great way to teach people how cults work and how they manipulate people very subtly. Um it's very it, it it's delightful um and frankly it, the subject matter yes is is uh depressing but you know there are a lot of games about murder so i think if we can make a game about murder we can take cults and make them digestible and also fun to learn about and maybe that will you know immunize some people's minds against cults recruiting or whatever all right anyhow we gotta wrap up i gotta go Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just learned that your family has been placed into a folder and uh, you are unable to find them and uh, they're very hungry. <laughs>